0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sunday morning. We are so glad that you've joined in with us today. Uh, Today, we are continuing with our Stronger 2-7 series, which is walking through the book of Colossians. The series is built off Colossians 2-7 itself, which is, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. This is also tracking with a Louis Giglio series on Right Now Media called The Book of Colossians. So we're doing a same page focus, so if you're in one of those groups, make sure you take some notes. So because I am always under time on here, always, always, uh, I've been given the longest passage so that I can hopefully for once actually fill my time slot. But we're also gonna try something new this week. Uh, There are a lot of verses to go through today. It's a quite heavy and large passage. And to go through this all would probably take us right up until Christmas if we started yesterday. So instead of making you stay in one spot forever and ever and ever and never leave, uh, we're going to run this like we run our Wednesday night youth small group nights. Which means that we are going to do kind of an alpha style discussion Sunday. So basically that just means during the message today, we'll be taking time to answer questions and pause and talk. Uh, For each question today, there'll be two minutes for you to discuss with one another, and then we'll jump back in. So if you are watching uh, with your family at home today, that's awesome, discuss with one another. If you have a friend who is watching and they're at their home and you're at yours, make sure that you text them and give them your answer. And if you are doing this on your own and soloing it today, take time to pause and reflect and uh, write down some notes and journal your answers to this as well. There's also the opportunity at the end of the message today to join in the Eaglemont Connect Zoom and that is another spot that you can discuss some answers and talk as well. The information for that Zoom link is right below, so make sure you click on that and check it out. So let's start with a practice question just to kind of get the cobwebs out and get us moving today. So as we get closer to Christmas, what is your favorite Christmas memory? looking at Colossians 3 1 to 17. Through this series we are making a habit of reading the full passage at the beginning so by the end of the series we have read through the book of Colossians together. So starting at verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven not of the things of earth for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks Through him to God the Father. So it's quite a large passage, but we're going to start with just kind of working our way through it. So the first four verses of this passage are what Louis Giglio called glory. In his own words, this passage goes glory, garment, glory, if you break it down. And this is the first glory that he speaks of. These verses begin with the words being raised to new life with Christ, setting your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. It says thinking about the things of heaven and not the things of earth for we have died to this life and our real life is hidden with Christ in God. In these verses, Paul is speaking of the new life that a person receives when they choose Christ. Now, this doesn't mean a literal sense of a new life, but more of a life of a new path, a new identity, and a new way of acting. It changes both why and what we choose. It changes how we view ourselves and others. And it changes the course of our life uh, here on earth and what comes after a physical death as well. Paul writes to remind Christ followers that they are looking forward to the eternal realities now, where Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand, a place of power and authority, and letting go of the things of this earth, the brokenness, the hurt, and the mistakes. We have left the reality of a life without Jesus, which is a life of sin and brokenness, and are now living in overlapping worlds, as Louis Giglio put it. So our next discussion question is, What do you think of the idea of overlapping worlds? And what world do you find yourself more focused on? heard we are called to a life set on things above what we see in front of us and in the suffering we see and in injustice that is here we can be encouraged that there is another world waiting for us but then we get to everyone's favorite part of this passage not the nice parts at the beginning or the end but the middle which is just a huge call out Paul writes of the realities of life lived without Jesus and the very nature that we have to fight against is not vague about what is expected of those who choose a Jesus-based life. He says, put to death sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Put to death greed for a greedy person is an idolater. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Is anyone else looking at their week and thinking, yikes? Because that's kind of the feeling that I can get. These are things that we've put to death when we chose a life based on Jesus and yet there are things that we continually get stuck in time and time again. This is where Louis Giglio calls garment. Garment because to fight this nature we have to fight daily by putting on God's truth just as we dress ourselves daily. COVID, shutdown, excluded from that. Uh, Garment is putting on this new creation in Christ, picking up our new identity and wearing that instead of our past selves. It is a lifestyle of continually remembering that our flesh still has its mess, but it's not who we are. As Pastor Brennan talked about on November 8th, We've been watching a series in our staff meetings called The Art of Better Preaching. We're kind of working through this as a team to work on our communication skills. And there's a pastor in there named Mark Clark. He's the pastor of Village Church in BC and he has some really profound things to say in these videos. Um, As Pastor Brennan said during his sermon, one of the things he said was, it is not be better, you are enough. The Bible is not saying be better, but it's saying Jesus is better. That is a much nicer way than how Mark Clark said it, which is, you are a disaster, is how he put it. So much so that the only way to fix your mess was for Jesus to have to die a painful death on a cross just to fix it. The price of your disaster was death and he took your place. But the most important thing he said with that was when we look at a passage like this and think that this is what we have to live up to we have to get all these things out of our system for good we can't slide back we can't do them anymore there's no room for mistakes we get crushed by the weight of this we get crushed by the weight of a standard that we will never reach the reality is we can't be better we don't have the ability to but the good thing is is that God is better We have to change it from, if I change my behavior, it will change who I am, to it is God who has changed who I am. And we have to put on our new selves daily. So our next question that I want you guys to reflect on and talk with one another is, what does garment look like in my own life? And what can I do to remember my new identity daily? to stop and talk about Job. As we talked about putting to death sin and the fact that our human nature is flawed, I want to talk about one of the ultimate men of character from the Bible. Job is a man who could be used as the definition of getting kicked when you're down, but he still remains faithful regardless. Now I've had some tough times in life and I know that each and every one of you have had that as well. But if I personally look at my life against Job's, there is no contest on who had it worse. Uh, If you are not aware of the story of Job, Satan told God that Job loved him because God had blessed Job. But if he was to take it all away, Job would actually choose to curse God instead. So God said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. So Satan went to work. Over the time of one day, Job was given four reports, each informing him that his sheep, servants, and ten of his children have all died due to intruders or natural disasters. When Job still praised God after that, Satan covered Job with these terrible skin sores so bad that Job's wife urged him to give up and denounce God and die. But Job still chooses God regardless. The first verse of the book of Job says, This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. But eventually this suffering gets to Job and he turns bitter and anxious and scared. He struggles with the injustice that God lets evil people thrive while he and many other honest people suffer. And that is not a new question to be asked. This is something that people have struggled with for years and maybe you have too. Job gets downright honest with God and how he was feeling. Why Job is important and why he's considered a man of complete integrity is because he was a man who lives up to what this passage in Colossians is saying. This does not mean that he was perfectly sinless. It simply means he was not hypocritical. In fact, readily in this book, Job confesses his own sin. But he was a man who turned away from his sin he was a man who practiced repentance and that is what is important perfection is not what it takes to be a follower of god so i'm asking you today to let go of that mindset if you hold it the heart of repentance and grace is what it means to be a christ follower in this passage, we're looking at in Colossians, it says, In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The truth is that people aren't looking for perfect Christians. They're looking for people that are like them, and they aren't perfect. What they're looking for is someone who works to honor God continually in their triumphs and in their failures. And when we passionately pursue God, our triumphs begin to outweigh our failures. As Pastor Joel spoke about last week, and if you didn't see that message, make sure you check it out. He used the example of bowling and how we need to live our lives aiming for the strikes rather than just trying to avoid the gutters. We need to stop trying to just avoid failing and avoid doing the wrong thing and actively pursue God fully and allow Him to direct where our ball goes. Passionate pursuit of Him keeps us straight. The Christian command is a command to both talk and walk in the way of Jesus. It is a life marked by love, compassion, mercy, justice, and honoring God's call above all else. And when we fail, we repent and we thank God for the grace that he has extended to us. So we're going to move into our next question. And this one is a little bit harder and a little more tricky, but very important to reflect on. Think through the steps you need to take to put passionate pursuit into action in a specific instance. Think of one thing in your life that you can change with like passionate pursuit. For example, what can you do to be more consistent and proactive in that area? And what can you do to be a person who is focused on God and not just on the gutters? Now looking at the end of the passage we are working with today, from verses 14 to 17. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. If you are tracking along with the same page focus study and in a small group, you'll hear from the video that you'll be watching something that my youth pastor would always tell me when I was young. Whatever you do, do it in his name. If you have been around the church for a long time, you maybe have struggled with this idea of, what is the will of God and what should I be doing? And the beauty of it is, is that God is saying, whatever you do or say, make sure you are doing it in a way that is honoring him and passionately pursuing him and his kingdom. Louis Giglio puts it really well when he says, the way we can know we are in the will of God is to do the things we are good at, the things that we are wired up to do and passionate about. For a bigger glory and a bigger story than our glory and our story. So today and for the rest of your life, whatever you do, whatever passion you have, do it in his name. And let him bring the glory. Failures, triumphs, and all. So our last question today is what are you passionate about? What are you good at and why are you you wired to do? And how can you use that? to honor God and further His kingdom. We close today, I want to pray with you guys over what we've heard. So please by your heads, close your eyes. God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you have not placed an unrealistic standard on us, God, but rather you meet us with grace when we come with a repentant heart. God, we thank you that your mercy never runs out and that you continually welcome us with open arms as we continually fail, God. But today we pray that we set our sights on you. We put our hearts set on things above what is in this world and on who you are, Lord. We thank you that you meet us where we are and that you love us so passionately and dearly. And God, we pray today that we can do the same. Thank you for allowing us to spend time in your word today and getting to know you better. And God, I pray over this next week, we each get to know a small piece of you that we didn't know before, and we get to come closer to you and just sit at your feet and worship. And God, I thank you for each and every person that is watching this today and has taken part in this. God, I pray that you give them a week of joy and peace and patience, God, and that you bring encouragement to each and every heart. We are so thankful that you meet us and you continually love us. In your name, amen.